Hello and welcome to the Ground to Sound podcast. For new listeners, my name is Stefan Lemos. So glad to have you here. So this week, I got to speak to an old friend, Marie Zecca. She works in marketing. And it was really cool talking to her about that because she started her own company after years of working in the industry. And I realized how many similarities there were between working in that industry as opposed to working in the music industry and how much of it is really just based on relationships. So much of what we do in our life is based off of relationships. So she gives us a lot of cool insight on starting her own business, some of the struggles with it. So this is a really great episode for anyone who has an interest in starting their own business. We also talk about the fact that she used to do merch for my old band and how some of that knowledge led to where she ended up today. So that was kind of fun. So please enjoy my conversation with Marie Zecca. Hey, great. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. Now I know. So, so like I said before, it's evening and you're walking out of a coffee shop. But if we rewind to your typical morning, uh, what does your typical morning look like uh, with coffee? Well, um, it depends if I have a meeting or, and if, if it's in person or if my meetings are actually through Zoom or a phone call. If they are, I usually make coffee from home. And that, I actually have a favorite coffee brand that I buy bags of and I take with me. So it's actually from, it's toasted coconut coffee from Bagels for You in East Hanover. <laughs> Wow. So, oh, I actually didn't realize that they sell their own coffee there. Yeah, they have their own coffee. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it comes from, but right. it's my favorite coffee in the world is the toasted coconut flavor that they sell in bags. And I think you could also get them at their other locations in New Jersey too. But I always buy a couple bags when I'm in East Hanover and then ship them back to Denver with me. Yeah. So when you're so when you're making it at home, what does that process look like for you? Just a regular like coffee maker? Yeah, good old fashioned, I guess, yeah. drip coffee it's called. And yeah. coffee maker that probably costs 30 bucks from, <laughs> from like any, I guess, store. And I fill the back of the machine up with six cups of water and then put a scoop and a half in there and makes a pretty good coffee. It's pretty strong too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you don't want to mess with what you already know. And if you already know that process and it tastes good to you, why mess with it, you know? So when you're not making the coffee at home, um, what are some of the coffee places you like to go to in Denver? So I go to a couple different places um, quite often. And one is actually Carbon and they have two locations in Denver. Um, one is off Platt Street down near the flagship REI. And the other one is in the Five Points neighborhood and they make a pretty good coffee and they have a lot of remote workers in there. So it's a pretty cozy place where um, you can get assorted coffee. They also have really good donuts. And then the other place I go to pretty often is called Improper City and that's in a different section of Denver called Rhino. And that sells coffee all morning, I believe until two o'clock. And then they switch over to serving local beers. And they have a really cool yard in the back where they have cornhole and a few other 
yard games and fire pits. And then inside they have a lot of tables with plugs for your laptop if it dies or phone or and there's a huge amount of co-working people i guess that are in there wow so they're just trying to get you to spend the whole day there then right it sounds like coming i'm not coffee, sure if that's stay for some beer get some work done here like you may <laughs> they're trying to get yeah i'm not really yeah. <laughs> not really sure if that's their plan but you can definitely do that and um myself and a few other individuals that are here local to denver um, do do that probably about once a week. So yeah, uh, we definitely like that spot. So when you do have to go into a coffee shop and act and do actual work, whether it's by yourself or maybe some, some coworkers, um, what kind of vibe are you looking for in a coffee shop? I'm usually looking for somewhere where I can definitely stay put for an extended amount of time that has pretty good coffee and maybe assorted different types of coffee. Um, I like being in my own element in a coffee shop and not being affected directly by my surroundings. So there are a lot of things going on inside a coffee shop when you sit down there. So you have people running in, in and out, trying to grab coffee and then taking off for the rest of their day. Um, if we're at a place like improper, you have people coming in and there was a time where there was a bachelorette party sitting next to me and I couldn't get any work done. <laughs> so I actually had to move across the, um, the venue and then sit there and kind of stay in a corner away from them. But you never know what you're really going to get when you go into a coffee shop or any one of these, I guess. But I look for maybe a cozy atmosphere where I can stay put for a while, concentrate on my work, but then you have other things going on outside of your main zone where people are walking around or maybe they're diving into their own work or reading or having a meeting or a couple of people on a date. So there's a lot that goes on. And that's kind of the atmosphere I look for is something that's kind of ambidextrous in that way. It could be anything. Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like a lot of people, especially now that they're working from home and they can maybe if their area has coffee shops open, can go to a coffee shop and it kind of adds this little hum in the background, you know, to know that you're not really alone and you got this vibe around you and you can be super focused in. So that's Yeah. It. And there's, it's also cool when you have other people around you too, that are super focused on what they have going on and kind of indirectly, because you don't really know anyone else around you, but you're all kind of there together. <laughs> Um, working yeah. on whatever it is, but you're individually doing that. But I think there's a weird kind of focus that kicks in where if you're concentrating on your own stuff and you know that there's other people around you doing the same thing, whether you know them or not, they weirdly keep you on task and you kind of keep them on task too, because you look around the room and you're like, I'm not the only one that's still working good. And then you go back to work again. So that's what I kind of like about the coffee shops that I go to. Mm -hmm. And is there ever, if you could have like the perfect, I don't know, maybe it's music, the perfect type of soundtrack during that time in a coffee shop, whether you're working in the coffee shop or you're just hanging out with some friends, is there like a certain soundtrack or song you'd love to hear when in that, in that coffee I shop? Like, um, I like music that has a steady beat to it in the background that is kind of soft, but it's still motivating. So um, 
sometimes there's some softer house music and I don't know if I'm nailing that genre. I probably just messed it up, but something that still has um, a heavy beat, but it keeps you going and it might have a softer melody to it. Okay. Cool. So something, yeah. Something that's not going to put you to sleep, but keeps driving and, and keeps you up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know you're not a musician, but I know you do have some experience with music and people who listen to this podcast know about the band Someone Say Something that I was once in, and we've had Carlo on the podcast. We've talked about those days. Um, and you were also a part of those times. So I know there's like some kind of connection there for you. And I guess we can both talk about this this time in terms of music. But, yeah, you know, those earlier days, what were those earlier days like for you when you were watching a band like that or just music in general in your life when you were younger? So I wish you could see the smile I have on my face right now because <laughs> um, the times with the band and um, us touring around and going to the different shows and um, the crowds and meeting the different people and having our entire friend group there back in the day were some of the greatest times, I think, of my life and a lot of other people's lives that were also there. Um, but going back to your original question about music, so I think you know this, Stefan, but when I started dancing when I was three, so I was trained in jazz, tap, hip hop, ballet, and miracle. And each one of those categories of dance have a very different music genre that goes along with them. And that's where my relationship with music, I think, really started, was learning dance routines um, through those different genres and understanding how movements and music actually play together. So that's really where my relationship, I think, started with music. And then as I got older, um, I noticed how big music could be as a part of my parents' life. And that came along with driving in the car and listening to oldies or what they were calling as oldies, um, songs like Leader of the Pack and things like that. And um, those are also very fond memories of mine. And then, uh, then when I got older even more and my teenage years when I met uh, my group of friends and then you guys started Someone Say Something and then we were all out with um, the cover band. I mean, those are great times and music there was just, it was great. Nothing can beat it. Um, something that I'm going to say is I think, I still think you guys are the greatest cover band I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm not biased because you're my friends and I'm going to say that, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. But um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, we had some really great times um, back in the day and I hope that you guys have a reunion soon where everyone can come out and support again. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so yeah. So you talk about growing up hearing music in the car with your parents and so I know, so now you work in marketing and there's a lot we could talk about here, but uh, connecting it to the band and kind of what you used to do, meaning like what you used to do was you'd maybe go out there and get people to sign up on an email list or you would maybe work the merch table or something. What were those experiences like 
with a band? And how did that connect to maybe something you ended up doing now? So back when I was 17, um, (laughs) I had a different goal in mind by um, you guys needed someone to help you with merch. And then I wanted to be out with my friends because you're older than me. And um, so the only way I could be at the same place that you guys were, because you did play so many nights a week, was by becoming part of the program. So, um, yeah, I would sell merch for you guys, your CDs, get people on the email list, talk about the different, I think you had one of three t-shirts. I would sell the different t-shirts and um, talk both girls and guys up about how good they looked in them and have them wear them. Be like, yeah, you should definitely get this one or that one. And uh, my goal was to get to the bottom of that Tupperware box with everything was in by the end of the night. And never did I think that that would actually apply to a career one day. But then it's really funny when you start looking back at your life and how you ended up where you are in your career. And you start to see the bits and pieces of things that you learned along the way that made you I guess, who you are now and today. And I think that a lot of, I guess, the skills that I learned being a merch girl um, during those times were were a lot of people's skills, understanding what does and doesn't work in sales, understanding why people did or didn't like price points. And this is talking about a very small scale, right? We're telling t-shirts and CDs, but a lot of those same concepts can be applied to a lot larger products and services. So it's kind of funny when, um, I guess I started doing that before I was in college, but then when I went to college, I would learn, okay, here's this concept and how does this apply to your real life? And I started understanding that some of the things I was learning in school actually were helping me to even be a merch girl or work, um, in retail. And then later on, develop internships and then a career from those internships so yeah it's it's crazy where you can start and then where you can end up later on yeah so you could say we gave you your first internship (laughs) yeah technically (laughs) you did i guess (laughs) so funny (laughs) yeah so you so you do go on to uh to schooling and to more internships like you mentioned um but so we can talk a little bit about Blaze Marketing, which is your company. And I guess I'm really curious about why have your own company as opposed to go and try and work for a marketing firm? So I decided to launch Blaze Marketing um, pretty early on in my career. Um, I really like having the ability to learn in many different directions at once and work with a lot of different brands at once. And I found that if I was to work for someone else or work for one brand, then I would kind of be pigeonholed into that brand. And if I found one of those brands to start to get dry or boring, I had no choice but to stay or remain within that brand and working on it or a couple brands. But um, by launching my own company, I actually can confidently say that not one brand has gotten boring to me. And the reason for that, and I hate using the word boring, but the reason for that is because I'm constantly working on many different types of companies and their brands, and they're in many different industries all the time. So 
every single step of onboarding a client and then working with the client and then launching different campaigns and programs for them, we're learning and I'm learning about, okay, what makes this industry tick and what, who's our target customers and what campaigns should work best for them according to who their target audience is and the personas that you're trying to play into. So it's actually really interesting, no matter what industry we're working in at the time. And you can actually apply different concepts and things that you learn from one industry into the other ones. And I haven't gotten bored once. So I was really glad to find that so far. And um, I was really happy to start my own company and be able to do that. Yeah. And what was that? What was that really like when you really woke up that day and said, this is something I'm going to try and do on my own? Did you feel like you were on your own in the beginning? Or did you know, how was that support system there? So I decided I wanted to open my own company really early on in my career. However, I knew I didn't have an ex- enough experience behind me to really do it successfully. I knew that there was a lot I didn't know and there was even more I wasn't aware of yet that I needed to learn about so that way I could be successful. So I did continue to stay working for other companies Um, for another six years after I decided that I wanted to do this. But the companies I worked for, I made sure that I was learning something from them and, and, and learning and teaching myself things as I was working for them to help them. So um, when I finally did say, okay, it's time, it's time for me to make the jump. Yeah, it was definitely scary. Um, I had a plan in place. I was ready to move forward. I had three initial clients um, that were ready to sign on board whenever I was ready to make the jump. And I was very fortunate to have them. But there were times where I was going along the process, especially early on. And I was like, how do I do this? Or how can I be successful here? And luckily, even though I did feel alone in certain moments, I was able to pick. I guess it wasn't really me picking. I I guess I picked them and they picked me um, a few business partners where we actually got along really well and the things they knew supplemented my knowledge really well and vice versa. And a lot of them I still work with today and we've stayed on task from what we started doing from the beginning. So on days where I do feel like I am by myself or alone in something, I have my two main business partners I can lean on and we all function and work together as a really great, strong team. So um, that was a really good question, but I think what's really important is to make sure you have good people around you and that you all provide value together. Yeah. And did that come pretty quickly for you in terms of building that team? I mean, I know now you have a significant team there with you and that, how much time did that really take to build? So the team that I do have now did take a long time to build. And how I built this team is anyone that I found along the way um, that I felt was super passionate about what they did, was really good at it. Um, because they loved what they did, they were eager to learn more and get better at it. Those are the people that I held on to in my life. And I held on to them because 
I tend to be the same way. So I like working with like-minded people that are constantly trying to move forward and be better. And I was fortunate enough to find people that worked within the marketing field, whether that was a graphic designer, website developer, um, PR specialist, videographer, SEO. There's all these different elements of marketing where I was able to find people that specialize in that one given area that I worked really well with and they worked really well with me also. And so throughout my career so far, I held on to those contacts. And when I did open Blaze Marketing, I gave those people a call and I said, hey, um, I'm opening a company. Um, I could really use you for certain projects and maybe bring you on full time at some point. Would you be open to it? And anyone that was available either as an independent contractor or um, could fit extra hours in their week or um, was just looking for work at the time, more work said yes. And I've been very fortunate to have that group of people around me and be able to keep them over the last three years. And it's been really great working with them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that that really goes to show just in terms of the amount of years you've put in saying that you were able to really put in those, even those six years kind of before you went on your own, that takes some patience and, you know, building any kind of company. And that's awesome. Because I know a lot of people might not have that kind of patience. I know that'd be tough for me to have six years of me saying, you know, I'm going to start my own business when this is all done, <laughs> you know, so that's really cool. Well, thank you, Stefan. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I know you now have a the online presence with the company, whereas before you were just running it a little more behind the scenes. Is that right? Yeah. So when I first started Blaze Marketing, um, to be honest with you, I didn't have a website set up. I didn't have email campaigns. I wasn't doing any type of promotion of the company whatsoever. Um, we were doing old fashioned sales because I felt that if your own network couldn't find you to be successful and wouldn't sign on board with what you were doing, um, then maybe there was an issue there that you needed to solve before you actually went back in and really launched a company. And fortunately, uh, my company grew in its first three years um, through just word of mouth and referrals, which was excellent. Um, I mean, we didn't even have case studies built <laughs> at all. Um, and that was, I mean, that was the biggest treat. And I'm so thankful for that every day um, to have this network that really believed in myself and my team and there were days where they believed in me more than I believed in myself. And days like that were days that I really needed. And um, I'm really lucky to have the clients um, that I do have and um, the people on board with me, because without them, um, we wouldn't have been able to get here. So yeah, um, super, super fortunate. And I feel very lucky to be able to have had that start when we didn't even do any type of digital we didn't have a digital presence. We weren't doing any marketing and somehow um, business still grew. And to be honest with you, Stefan, I think I really learned that from my father. So my father has his own company. Um, it's a contracting company and he's still today. Um, I think he's been in business around 40 years 
still today, he does not have a website and they don't really operate using email and they're still busy all the time. And it's kind of incredible. So um, I think I really learned that from my dad, that good business is really done um, through relationships and understanding who your, who your customers are. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies run into that issue. You know, there's that old saying, putting the cart before the horse. And nowadays it's like putting the, the uh, website and Instagram page before the business model is done, you know? So there's a lot of like empty companies on Instagram um, and who have very beautiful looking websites. Um, But they really, like I said, are kind of empty. No one knows or cares who they are because they haven't shown that they can do the work. They've just shown that they can look really pretty on Instagram, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So it's really Um, cool that you took that time to make sure that your company could, could really do the work. I think that in today's world, it is important to have somewhat of a digital presence and especially if that's where your customer lives. So if your customer lives online and that's where they're trying to find you, then your digital presence is super, super important. But if you're working off relationships and referrals and people are looking for a relationship based on trust rather than lowest price point, then you need to focus on actually building relationships and understanding who those people are that are behind the company names and developing that and understanding what actually drives their business. So that way you can help them drive it more efficiently. So I guess that's what I think is the best business model out there is just understanding what kind of goals people have and figuring out how you can reach them with them. So Yeah, I think that goes across the board. I think that right there is just great advice for anybody starting a company, whether it's marketing or even if you're like starting a band or if you're in the music industry. (laughs) Right, it's true. It's just all about relationships. Yeah, I mean, do people want to work with you? Yeah, I'm sure for you, Stefan, um, you saw that firsthand when you guys were touring around the country and someone say something um, and there might have been a restaurant owner or venue owner of some sort they were like why should i bring in this band and then just through right. word of mouth and referrals they'd be like oh well people love this band like they always have a packed bar when they're playing like maybe we should bring them in like i've heard five people say good things about them and i don't think you guys you guys might have had a myspace at the time but i don't think you ever had a band website did you <laughs> if we did i don't know if anybody went to it but there was definitely a sweet looking myspace back then <laughs> I remember the MySpace picture <laughs> with Ryan in the background with his hands up. I just remember thinking it was Ryan, so funny. I have to find that picture. If I, <laughs> if I find the picture you're talking about, I'll have to, I'll have to post it. <laughs> what, what's yeah. Ryan, like 6'2", and then he had his hands up even taller? Yeah, I don't even know if he fit in the picture. We can just rag on him the rest <laughs> of the time. No. <laughs> um, so funny. You know, I, I know you're still there in your car. So I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for doing this with me. And you've really said a lot of great things that I think are super useful to, like I said, anybody trying to get into business. Well, thank you, Stefan. Thank you for having me. It's great catching up and talking to you on here. And absolutely. um, Yeah. 
tomorrow morning. Um, I'll send you a picture of my coffee. <laughs> Good. That that should be a requirement for everyone who, who, who does the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we'll do a little coffee. Cheers. There you go. Perfect. I love it. <laughs>